For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, the Rocky Mountain Showdown, as it's been called since uh, 1999, was played uh, this last Saturday between, the obviously, the CU Buffs and the uh, CSU Rams. And obviously there has been uh, a lot of stuff that went on between the hat and um, sunglasses thing that Jay Norvell said. And uh, obviously the it's personal stuff with uh, Deion Sanders. And then, of course, the hit by Henry Blackburn on uh, Travis Hunter in the game. And obviously that's spinning out into people being idiots on Twitter and doing bullshit like doxing um, this poor kid and accusing him of stuff he didn't do and all this stuff. Um, and obviously it's blown into something that no one likes to see, but would be at the hit that happened in the game. Um, and the consequences of, of therein and all the bullshit and stupid bullshit that idiots on Twitter basically have done, um, since then. And all of it's stupid. Um, all of this stuff is overshadowing the C the fact that CU won 43 to 35 in a really good game. Um, and I think what's important here is the game was good. Uh, we've kind of missed, um, the, 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 the big lesson in all of this is that, is that we were all hoping for there to be a good game because it was looking at the beginning of it, like CU would blow them out and it didn't turn out to be that way. And, uh, CSU led through most of the game. Uh, CSU uh, had found some things. And it it really was uh, um, a game you expect from interstate rivals. Um, I want to give a perspective of someone who spent most of his time as a CU fan, um, not really engaging much with whatever has gone on with them in CSU. Um, and a lot of this has to do with my age. Uh, I am in the downhill side of my forties and 
when I was watching first introduced to um, these uh, games, it was like uh, CSU wasn't a factor. Um, and they didn't really become a factor in the rivalry, um, quote-unquote, until I was in my 20s. I, this, and people need to understand this. If you, if you talk to long-time CU alums and fans, CSU was never um, a serious threat to the University of Colorado. Um, and it really began to turn for CSU in a smaller extent once they moved the series to Denver. Um, but I'm, I watched the first CSU, CU CSU game I remember watching was when Salinesi was the quarterback. And I believe the game was in Fort Collins. Um, going off my memory here in 1988, um, the Buffs won in a fairly close game. And, uh, and then subsequently in the, in the Hagen years, the Buffs blew him out and CSU really wasn't a factor other than, you know, it was between 89 and they didn't resume the series until 92. Um, and if you talk to most CU fans from say, I don't know, who are my age and older. Um, you will find that most of us don't have any animus towards CSU. In fact, most of us root for CSU when they're not playing the buffs. Uh, that is a very common thing with people who are my age and older. We, we, the CSU wasn't on our hate radar. Nebraska was. And that is not something that we ever it, and that's not, not a slight to CU, CSU. It is just we never uh, uh, looked at them as someone to hate. Um, it was hard not to. They were lovable. And in fact, uh, Earl Bruce led the CSU Rams to a victory in the to 1990 um, uh Freedom Bowl, I think, over the Oregon, Bill Musgrave, who is from Grand Junction, Colorado. He was the quarterback of the of the Oregon Ducks, and CSU Rams beat them in a colossal upset. That that, that was a good Oregon Ducks team, and they beat the uh, the Ducks in the Freedom Bowl, and for their first bowl victory in ages. And everyone in Colorado was happy for the CSU Rams. Um, we were all like, I remember vividly that game and cheering for CSU. Um, and then like a week later, uh, maybe less than a week later, in fact, three days later, CU won the national championship against the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, Notre Dame fighting Irish. And that was a great series, just great kind of three days of college, uh, uh, football in the state of Colorado. Um, it was just hard to hate the Rams. Didn't really have any sort of animus towards them. And I don't, I mean, obviously the series is, is extremely slanted towards the Colorado Buffaloes, but that's not, that's not why, um, the series was restarted, I believe in 1983. Uh, and there was, it was a 25 year gap. They didn't even play each other. Um, and it was been played intermittently 
throughout until 1998 when they decided to make it a thing. And then from 98 to 2019, they played every year, mostly in Denver. And that is when um, it was retitled the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Um, this wasn't a titled anything until 1998 and when it was moved to Denver. Um, and then C CSU started winning. And I believe in 99 and 2000, they, they're the only time I think since the forties, they had won back-to-back -back games against the Colorado Buffaloes was in 98 and 90, or excuse me, 99 and 2000. Um, and those are the first two years of the Gary Barnett era. Um, and they managed to, and, and it irritated Barnett because he had to answer questions about if uh, Sonny Lubick outcoached him and all this stuff. And I remember that vividly. And then they're in, I think, 99 or was it 98 or 99 when the tear gas thing happened after the game? I don't remember. Anyway, by this time, I'm in my 20s. And I, I it, it was interesting. There was the, the Bradley Van Pelt spike off the helmet game. You know, um, CU was an over, very overrated number seven team in the country at that point. That is the year after they had, CU had uh, uh, beaten Nebraska 62-36, uh, which I keep threatening to cover that game, and I will. Um, but it was a very overrated team that was, I believe that was the first game of the season uh, for both teams. And um, they CU regained its footing with Joel Klatt in subsequent years, but it, it just wasn't. Um, it's it's been weird. And as someone who has been a CU fan for most of his life and considers himself a diehard, um, I just can't I can't drum up any sort of hate for C CSU. I can't. I have explained this to my friends who are CSU fans uh, and alums. I I can't. I just don't have that in my being to drum up any sort of what we saw in this game on Saturday. I never occurred to me to ever be look at CSU as that kind of hateable team, that hateable team. I could see that 100% with Nebraska. Um, there was a game in 1991, the Buffs played the, the, the Cornhuskers where, uh, Johnny Mitchell prior, prior to the game went on and on about how the CU Buffs are on arrival. And this is something that, that, um, obviously if you are a CSU fan, um, you feel that from what the Buffs were experiencing with Nebraska, it is, I mean, uh, Buffs fans, if we are honest with ourselves, will say that that is, we, we treat, have a tendency to treat. CSU the same way Nebraska treated us, even when we were beating Nebraska uh, 89-90, tied them in 91. The, it, it was, uh, they just didn't look at us as the way they looked at Oklahoma or any of these other powerhouse Big 8 teams as, as it was at the time. And I think we as bus fans need to understand that the way we hated Nebraska treating us then is probably why CSU fan hates the way CU fan treats the, the Rams. Um, but I'm going to come back to this hate thing. Um, I'm watching this game on, on Saturday and the buffs are not playing well. 
they really, that's the worst game they played this year. They played three games and is by far the worst game. They beat Nebraska, they beat TCU, and both were impressive performances. This was less than impressive until the end when Shador Sanders really did just stepped up and uh, and uh, Michael Harrison too. Michael Harrison and and Shador Sanders really took the game by the balls. And the 98-yard drive was just impressive as hell. Impressive as hell. But up until that point, CSU had outplayed the Buffs. Now, obviously, the injury to Travis Hunter had 100% factored into why CU was likely playing that way. But even before that, CSU wasn't playing great. Um, there, there is so many things that you can talk about with this game, but the fallout has been weird for me to behold. Very weird. Um, because I can't, I can't imagine drumming up that sort of hate for CSU. I just can't, I can't imagine it. I can understand being upset due to the dirty, and then let's face it, CSU fan, that was a dirty hit regardless of what Gene Norvell wants to say, that that was a dirty hit and it put him out of the, out of the buffs, uh, 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 games for the next three weeks. Okay. That's, that's 100%. It was a dirty hit. We need to all acknowledge this. Um, at the same time, uh, it was, it, it was not CU's best game. They weren't playing well. It was a, it was all the 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 ingredients for a a big upset for CSU, and it didn't happen. And it didn't happen largely because of Shador Sanders. But the fallout has been, quite frankly, disgusting. And I and I'm trying to put into words here what it what it means looking at someone who is a longtime fan of the Colorado Buffaloes and everyone who follows me on Twitter knows my connection to the university of Colorado. Um, it's hard for me to put into words how weird it's been to look at the subsequent fallout from this and the, and, and the, the kind of bandwagoning that has happened with the University of Colorado coming from maybe one of the worst programs and maybe the worst program in uh, all of college sports in uh, the last year, 2022. Carl Durrell had run the program into the ground. Now, for some historical context here, folks, um, CU, and, and this will relate to CSU, CU's downturn really was not with Gary Barnett. CU's downturn began with Dan Hawkins. And what the university tried to do post-recruiting scandal that happened in 2003, I think, was at least when it came out. Um, and uh, Betsy, Betsy Hoffman and Mike Bone really tried to go a different direction, and they got the wrong coach. Dan Hawkins uh, was not the right coach. And uh, in the second half of the podcast, I'm going to talk about a little bit of the history of the University of Colorado since 2005 and talk to you about how the downturn may have affected the way we look at CU and CSU in this prism of what we're now calling a rivalry. Will you do that right after the break?
there was you could argue a a a a concerted effort by the faculty and uh regents at csu at cu excuse me to undermine the athletics program specifically the football program after the recruiting scandal and it has always been a un, uneasy um coexistence between the uh academic and athletic parts of cs cu cu is uh a, a the academic side would like to think it's more in line with stanford and the athletic side would like to think it's more in line with texas and those two things do not sit easily together and it was in bold bold relief in the betsy hoffman uh mike bone era of of cu the Barnett had done what he could do with recruiting restrictions that were put in place as of 2003. And in 2004 and 2005, probably did his best ever coaching jobs at CU. Um, he made mistakes. His comments about Katie Nino was not great. But he, he was, and there was undisputably, a great coach for the University of Colorado. And... Um, some of his best coaching was done post 2000 um 2001 everyone remembers and uh especially when he got a quarterback like joel clad in there they the cu became uh, you know while they weren't an amazing team they were a good team considering the restrictions that there was a placed upon them um by the time mike bone uh fired uh uh, uh gary barnett the program went basically into the tank and Dan Hawkins really through putting his son in a quarterback. This is a little different than Shadur Sanders. Shadur Sanders is really good. Cody Hawkins, God bless him. Wasn't as good. He was okay. He was an okay quarterback, but there was a, a, as of the 2006, season there was this dramatic downturn at cu and it really manifested itself in the way they kind of approached recruiting and then more than that how they approached the cesu game and how it became less about a game on the schedule and more of apathy and that was a weird period and culminating in 2009 when CSU uh, beat the Buffs at, uh, at uh, Folsom Field and then danced on the logo. Um, I'm sure that was not great uh, for the people who were students there at the time. And uh, it, was, it was kind of humiliating. And up until 2022, uh, excluding 2016 and 2007, CU has been one humiliation after another. The academic side of CU won out. The they had reduced the program to a joke. Rick George comes in and he has done in his time as athletic director done many things to try to help out what was going on. Uh, be it through. Um, bringing in Mike McIntyre, who got them that good 2016 season to 
uh, well, actually, that was Mike Bone who hired uh, Mike Mac uh, McIntyre. But then Rick George comes in. He brings in uh, Midnight Mel Tucker. And he brings in uh, Carl Durrell. And after Durrell had basically done more to hurt the program since Dan Hawkins was here, uh, there was a moment where... There was a there was I was seriously thinking that CU would be on basically in danger of being no longer a football program. That's how bad they were. Rick George had to do something des um, not only desperate but innovative, and he he actively recruited and brought in uh, a a guy who could do that from the sheer base of his basis of his personality, and that is Deion Sanders. Now, the interesting thing during this whole period is that CU has won six games in a row against the uh, the Rams. And uh, these are some terrible CU teams. For some reason, this also coincided with a downturn with CSU teams. And the, the quote-unquote rivalry wasn't a rivalry, so to speak. Um, they stopped playing because at that time, C CSU, and I think it was 2019 was the last game they played in Denver. And one of the reasons they stopped was because the, uh, CU really wanted to return the, 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 the games to the campuses. And, um, I think partially that was because in the era of the games in Denver, the neutral, site even though CSU by that point had won five in a row um by that point CU CSU uh had also gone on a downturn but they hadn't had a new stadium it was still Hughes Stadium up there in uh up there in Fort Collins and it was just not up to snuff and I don't think even CSU wanted the games at Hughes Stadium so they get this new, I think it's called Canvas Stadium up there in Fort Collins. And uh, it's a nice place. And it was be through them getting a new stadium that they, they were able to reintroduce this to campuses, which is really where it should be. Um, the game in Denver was a nice experiment, but CU was never comfortable with it. And... Uh, I think I think that was really where this series started to take a, a nosedive was because CU was just like not liking the fact that it was in uh, Denver, and even though CU was still winning games, it was just, they didn't like the fact that it was in Denver. The fact that it's going to be back on campuses campuses benefits both teams. So I think if we're going to look at what has been going on with CU and CSU now that now that the sheer force of the personality of Deion Sanders is in the mix here, you saw what was going on at Folsom Field. You saw the personality. You saw the celebrities. You saw everything, and all of those, all of those combine to make a stew of an atmosphere we haven't seen in ages, probably since 2003. 
I think 2003 or maybe the Marcus Houston Bowl in 2004. Um, and that's a long story that I wish I could tell that I can't. Um, doesn't reflect well on Eric Bieniemy. I'll just put it to you that way. Um, but it, it, I think it, it, it added some vigor, added some vim, added some real juice to this. And that juice lends itself to uh, what we have seen. I don't like the fallout of what happened in 2000, in, excuse me, 2000, uh, on Saturday. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't understand how these people can have such animus towards CSU. Um, I, I think just, just basically because I, I never held that animus. But I think in a weird, really weird way, this is going to benefit those who want this to be a legit rivalry. Those who want this to be something that is uh, both both equally CU and CSU care about. Maybe it takes some unpleasantness for it to ratchet things up. And maybe in that way, um, J, uh, Norvell, the coach of the uh, uh, of CSU Rams, maybe he has uh, the secret sauce. Maybe he understood something that maybe even Deion Sanders didn't, in that um, angst creates rivalries. And maybe that sort of thing will, in the long term, benefit this whatever it is. Because it has is lacked that. And I think even CSU fan needs to r realize that there's been no juice there. There's been no juice for whatever... And, and it's been largely a, 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 a rivalry kind of like with the way Colorado and Nebraska were. And, and that's specifically the late nineties when CU was losing by two points, three points, every game, um, in that it's it, one-sided stuff can still harbor some ill will. And, um, I think even CSU people can understand that, that, that will, create something that maybe they have always wanted in that creates some animus. I personally speaking for me, we have a whole new generation of fans speaking for me. I will never dislike CU CSU. I will never dislike CSU. I will never dislike the Rams. It's, it's impossible for me to do so. I, I just don't look at them that way. Uh, I certainly dislike Nebraska and I took great joy in them being such a mess, but I don't, I don't have any dislike for, CSU, the Rams um, are a team that I will definitely root for when they are not playing the CU Buffs. And I think most people you re meet, as I pointed out at the beginning of this podcast, most people you meet who are my age will definitely say the same thing. We just don't have any sort of animus to the to the to the uh, um, the the Rams. It's just we don't. But I think maybe we're learning that maybe having that little bit of angst and a little bit of juice might be good, even though it was disgusting and I think people should stop. Um, maybe this is going to produce the, uh, the uh, rivalry, so quote-unquote, that um, people have wanted for a long time. All right, thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast. I'll be back soon with another episode. Goodbye.